It's November 3rd, 2007 in Stella, Missouri. Colleen Munson comes home from her overnight work shift, but becomes worried when she can't find her nine-year-old daughter, Rowan Ford, anywhere. When Colleen questions Rowan's stepfather, David Spears, he says that Rowan is staying with a friend, but didn't know which friend it was. Colleen searches the entire neighborhood for her daughter, but to no avail. Rowan Ford is gone. Family, law enforcement, and the Stella community are on the search for nine-year-old Rowan Ford. The longer it is, the worse it is. As long as the authorities are allowing the community to search, we will search. We have a, a nine-year-old child that's missing and a mother who is missing that child and will be involved as long as there is investigative leads for us to follow up on, as long as there's something for the FBI to do. From Color 10 News and Ozarks Fox, this is Crime Traveler, a look back on criminal acts in the Ozarks and the news investigations that followed them. I'm Mike Landis. Rowan was still nowhere to be found by the afternoon, so a frantic Colleen dials 911 to report her daughter missing. Newton County Sheriff Chris Jennings took on the case of the missing nine-year-old girl. Well, initially we sent officers to the area to assist the search. But when officers couldn't find her, they turned to the person who was the last to see her, Rowan's stepfather. He had not reported her missing for eight to 10 hours after he said she was gone, which we thought was extremely strange. Detectives started interviewing Spears and suspicions only rose after speaking with him. Story changed. We caught him in different lies. Uh, so automatically he became, we became suspicious of everything that was happening. Two days pass with no sign of Rowan. Family and friends begin to fear the worst. She'd never be gone this long. That fear soon starts to spread throughout the community. Are we looking at a, a nut running around out here? The, the kids, they don't let the, the children aren't out playing. While the search continues for Rowan, police turn their attention to another person of interest, Christopher Collings. Spears had been friends with Collings for many years, and Collings lived with Spears' family for several months during the summer and fall of 2007. According to the PC statement, Collings slept in the basement and Rowan referred to him as Uncle Chris. In late October of 2007, Collings moved to his family's farm and lived in a travel trailer on the property located in Wheaton, Missouri in Barry County. Authorities spoke with Nathan Mahurin, a mutual friend of Collings and Spears, about the night before Rowan disappeared. According to Mahurin, the three men met at a farm where they were working. They went to a liquor store to buy two or three six-packs of malt liquor and then went to Spears' home to play pool and drink. At 8.30 p.m., Colleen left for work and left Rowan in Spears' care. The men continued to drink after purchasing more alcohol. Later that evening, Collings asked Mahurin to drive him home. Mahurin and Collings talked Spears into going with them and leaving Rowan home alone, asleep on the floor of her bedroom. On the way to Collings' trailer, the men stopped to buy more alcohol. At Collings' trailer, they continued to drink and smoked marijuana. After an hour, Mahurin and Spears left to go home. Mahurin decided to take the back roads instead of the direct highway route to Spears' house because he was intoxicated. Mahurin dropped off Spears and returned home by midnight. Colleen returned home from her overnight work shift at 9 a.m. After searching the house, Colleen woke Spears and asked him where Rowan was.
Spears told Colleen that Rowan was staying with a friend, but he could not identify the friend. Colleen wanted to call the police right away, but Spears insisted Rowan was at a friend's house. On November 4th, Newton County deputies spoke with Collings in the parking lot of a local restaurant. Collings gave the deputies the same account Mahurin did about their activities that evening, but omitted that they had smoked marijuana. Collings told the deputies he stayed home and went to sleep after Mahurin and Spears left. Collings denied speaking to Spears since he left and claimed he was unaware Rowan was missing until the police spoke to him. On November 5th, the FBI became involved in the investigation and community members continued to search for Rowan as well. As long as the authorities are allowing the community to search, we will search. She's been missing for going on three days, four days, and I just can't believe that it's, it's come down to this. I mean, the FBI being at the house. Jana, Rowan's older sister, was doing everything she could to find her baby sister and was appreciative of the community's support. The community has been a great support system for my mom. I've just been trying to get my mom to eat and sleep and she's not doing a very good job of that right now. Can't believe this something like this would happen in a community like this. Cold weather bearing down on the area leaves little comfort for the family. Family members told local reporters that they couldn't imagine anyone hurting Rowan, but if someone did hurt Rowan... Um, they just better be thankful I'm not the judge. We can only pray for her. In the meantime, Newton County deputies approached Collings at work and requested he answer more questions. Collings agreed and drove himself to the Sheriff's Department. Collings gave a similar statement to the one he had given the day before. Collings was read as Miranda rights after being questioned about Spears' potential involvement in Rowan's disappearance. Collings indicated that he understood his rights and waived them. Collings also agreed to submit to a polygraph test and a computer voice stress analysis test. Collings continued to deny any knowledge of Rowan's disappearance and offered to aid in the search. Later that afternoon, Wheaton Chief of Police Clinton Clark was on a routine patrol in Wheaton. Collings and Chief Clark had a relationship spanning 17 years. Chief Clark had known Collings since he was a young boy. Collings flagged down Chief Clark, told him that Rowan was missing and he was trying to find her. Chief Clark would describe Collings as kind of excited and not his normal self. After speaking to Collings, Chief Clark notified the FBI that Collings contacted him about Rowan's disappearance. Clark believed Collings knew something about Rowan's disappearance and offered his help in the investigation. On November 9th, a mother's worst fear was made a reality. Rowan's body was discovered in Fox Cave. I'm not sure if it's much cave, it's sort of a sinkhole. Uh, they called it a cave, but uh, not as a cave as you and I would think of a cave. It's more of a hole down and straight down to the ground. Spears had told a friend that after all this happened, that if he had done something, this is where he would hide a body. Rowan was found with only one sock on. It didn't take investigators long to realize foul play was involved. If I remember correctly, uh, they looked into that hole but could not see anything because she was up under a ledge and he had to actually go down in it to find the body. I did not see the body at that time, so I can't really say for sure, but I don't think anybody had any question it was a homicide. 
Once Rowan was found, Collings revealed to investigators what really happened that night. At the time, Johnny Cox was the Barry County prosecutor and presented Collings' confession to the judge. Ladies and gentlemen, the end of the case, evidence is going to show Mr. Collings took Rowan Ford from her house, that he took her back to his camper, that he raped her, that he took her back outside, still with no clothing on from the waist down, that he knew that she could identify him, that she, he knew that she could identify her rapist, that he put the cord around her neck, he pulled it tight until she died, until she quit flopping, until she quit resisting, that he then his testimony, you'll hear this on the tape, that it was probably a couple of minutes that he was choking her, but his own testimony was it seemed like an hour while he was holding that cord around her neck. It was probably a couple of minutes, it seemed even longer until she quit moving. And he then put her, put her in the bed of his truck, drove her around in the countryside, took her down to Fox Cave, threw in the hole, tried to cover it up with leaves. We hear that he then went back to his house, that he realized when he got back to his house that he had blood on him. But prior to that, it was dark in the camper and he couldn't see the fact that he had blood from Rowan on him, that he took his clothes, took her clothes and burned them, he took the mattress and he burned it. And then the testimony would be that after he burned all these things, he then laid there and stared at the ceiling. According to the autopsy report, Rowan died from strangulation. Collings was charged with one count of first-degree murder, one count of forcible rape, and one count of statutory rape. Collings would later file a motion to suppress, seeking to exclude evidence of all statements taken from him by law enforcement agents throughout the entire investigation. Collings was overruled. The jury would find Collings guilty of the murder of Rowan Ford. In 2012, Collings would be convicted of first-degree murder and received the death penalty. As for Spears, he would plead guilty to child endangerment. Our producer, Christina Randall. Would you say that you were happy with the, um, the outcome of the case and that justice was served to the family? Not entirely. I mean, one's on death row, one's not. Rowan not only impacted those who knew her, but also those who worked to bring her home. You know, I still carry her picture with me every day. You know, I've probably worked dozens of homicides through my career, and this is one that will always stick with me. Despite Rowan's life being tragically cut short, she left a lasting mark in her community. Even though she wasn't here long, she left a big impact on everybody. Even though I didn't know her, my boy knew her. I think they're dealing all right. We go to church, so they understand about loss and heaven and that right there is a big comfort crime traveler is a color 10 news and ozarks fox podcast for exclusive video from the color 10 news archive related to this story and others go to ozarksfirst.com crime traveler our producer is christina randall our executive producers are tony Wynn and chris six our research team is eric redis and lisa hamblin 
Our social media producer is Emily Kushel, and I'm Mike Landis. Thank you for listening.